0: morning. Today, I'm gonna to cover a span of 4,000 years in 12 minutes. I'll begin with our first reading from the book of Samuel, occurring about a 1,000 years before the birth of Jesus. So here we, we see how God is calling Samuel's name. And Samuel doesn't recognize it because he hasn't grown yet accustomed to the voice of God. So he goes to Eli. And Eli tells Samuel that it wasn't him who was calling him. And this then begins the process whereby Samuel learns to listen for and be attentive to God's voice, and he learns how to respond to it. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What a beautiful response to God's calling. Every human heart longs to hear God's voice. But for many of us, we are not accustomed to listening for the voice of God. We may often speak words to God, but we seldom are quiet enough to listen for his word to us. Now, many people say that listening is one of the most challenging aspects of their prayer life. And this is often true for me as well. Because it's hard to listen when you're constantly talking. It's hard to listen when you're being distracted. And even when we are being absorbed with only praying our devotions, you know, our prayer is not meant to be a monologue. It's meant to be a conversation. And Mother Teresa said that God speaks in the silence of our heart and listening is the beginning of prayer. And the scripture mentions more than a thousand times that the source of our prayer comes from our heart. And the catechism teaches us that if our heart is far from God, then our words of prayer are in vain. So when we are talking about hearing God's voice, many of us might think, why is it that I don't hear God's voice in my life? And really, that's a great question. And it's a great beginning. Now, I'm not talking about hearing God as a booming voice coming out of the clouds like at the baptism or at the transfiguration, but more like What Elijah heard, a small, still voice, a gentle whisper. Every single person here is capable of hearing God's voice. It all depends on the disposition and the humility of our heart. Now, many of you here, I'm sure, are familiar with the Christmas story of the Polar Express. How young children can clearly hear the sound of the ringing of the bells from Santa's reindeer. But over time, as people get older, their ability to hear the sound of the bell slowly dwindles, and eventually, it ceases to be heard at all. Well, I think this story is probably one of the best illustrations of why many people cannot hear the voice of God. Because they grow into relative unbelievers. They stop praying because they don't really believe that God is going to hear their prayers. Or if they do pray, they pray without expectation. In scripture we read, How those who claim to do great works in the name of Jesus, and yet Jesus responds to them, I never knew you. Now, my brothers and sisters, it is not that God doesn't know us through and through, because he certainly does, but perhaps it is because we've never responded to his voice as Samuel did. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This simple prayer of faith acknowledges our belief, and it conveys our confidence that the Lord is indeed speaking to us. So I have to admit that for a long time, today's gospel reading at least a part of it, seemed somewhat odd, maybe even a little humorous to me, and it puzzled me for a long time. And it's the part where where Jesus recognizes that he's being followed. And then suddenly he turns around and he asks those that are following him, what are you looking for? And I can imagine them being kind of caught off guard and not knowing exactly what to say. And so they say, where are you staying? You would think they would ask something like, are you the Messiah? Or John told us that you are the Lamb of God, but they don't ask any of those questions. And after further reflection, I realize that the response isn't strange at all. They are seeking the eternal answer to what every human heart wants to know. Jesus, where do you live? Where do you dwell? You see, our heart, the very inner sanctuary of our soul, was created by And for God. And so it seeks to be wherever the Lord is. And Jesus' response to them. And to us today is come. Jesus invites us in. And as the catechism teaches. God never ceases to draw us to himself. So let's break open today's gospel, just a little bit more. So we know John the Baptist is standing with a couple of his followers, and along Jesus comes walking by. And then John points out and proclaims, behold, the Lamb of God. And immediately, the two disciples of John leave him and start following Jesus. So what was it? What was it that they heard in those words? Behold the Lamb of God. If we go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Genesis, we hear how God promises Abraham that he will establish a covenant bond between him, Abraham, and his people. This is now about a thousand years before the prophet prophet Samuel. So God promises Abraham that he will multiply his descendants through his son Isaac, and there will be as many as the stars, as many as the sands on the seashore. But then God then tests Abraham, and he tells him to offer up his son on an altar of sacrifice. As Abraham is about to sacrifice his son, an angel comes and tells him, stop, do no harm to your son, for Abraham has proven his fidelity to God. And then scripture tells us that Abraham spots a ram caught in a thicket, which is an entanglement of thorny bushes. And then Abraham offers the ram instead. So why this part on Abraham and Isaac? Because it is an important because an important part of the scripture that many may pass over is that when Abraham and Isaac were climbing to the top of the mountain with Isaac carrying the wood on his shoulder, Isaac asked his father, "Where is the lamb for the burnt offering?" His father answers, God will provide himself, the lamb, for the offering. You see, when John the Baptist pointed to Jesus as the lamb of God, the disciples knew the Old Testament story of Abraham and Isaac and the significance of that designation. And it is no coincidence that the ram that had the thorns from the thicket wrapped around his head was used for the sacrifice that day. For the Old Testament prefigures the new, and the New Testament fulfills the old. Jesus, prefigured by Isaac, carried the wood of the cross to Calvary. And there God did, in fact, provide himself as the sacrificial lamb for the forgiveness of sins. Because we, now 4,000 years since Abraham, are living within time, we think of these events in a linear way one leading to the other over the years and the centuries and the millenniums. But to God, all events are in the present now. And so today, when Father elevates the Holy Eucharist after consecration, the very prophecy of Abraham will be made present in the immediate now, the very words of John the Baptist will be heard proclaiming, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And we will rightfully respond with the words and the faith of the centurion. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. And so as we prepare ourselves to receive the Lamb of God in the most intimate way, let us take a moment. Let us quiet our heart. And in silent, holy prayer, let us say to our Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening.